Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show in a washed-out room, apparently. If if you're listening to this on the audio feed, I look like... Well, I look washed out. I should talk about that, actually, before we get going. Let's talk about that right now as I double-check my microphone to make sure you can actually hear me. Yes, you can. Um, So there were some issues with the audio subscription feed. There's been issues with the audio subscription feed for ages. There was, and I found out what it was the other day, thanks to the person on Twitter that shouted it out. There was a duplicate for some reason, and obviously Apple couldn't handle that at all. So I'm kind of hoping that this can get through to anyone that was subscribed to the duplicate one in some sense. I'll do my best. But now there is only one on Apple Podcast, as it's now called, formerly known as iTunes. Please do go check your still subscribe. Please go and resubscribe. Uh, if you don't use Apple products, you know, go to Google Play, go to SoundCloud, Spotify, you can subscribe on there. My point is, is that my audience is about to probably get screwed a little bit, but long term, it will be better. So do check that out. And again, yes, because Tuesday, we're live on twitch.tv forward slash Simon316. You can pop over there. You can smash follow. You can smash follow if you're listening right now. And eventually, I will start doing these uh, once a day. Like I say, just sort of 20, 30 minute shows. And we'll have a couple of big ones a week. But there's just a lot going on in life at the moment, which is good. It makes me happy. And I appreciate the world for giving me such bounties. I'm going to cough. For the benefit of people watching live too, we may have to have a little bit of a break at some point because I'm waiting for a mattress to arrive. There's some boring uh, life lessons about me and the other one needs to be taken away. So it will take a couple of minutes, but hopefully I have timed this well. Let's not talk about that anymore. Let's talk about WWE Raw and let's also talk and give a shout out to pinsandknuckles.com. Pinsandknucklesmerch.com. Thank you for helping me out. And they supported me recently. Uh, They gave me a few free tees as I got my new order in. If you go to simonmiller.bigcartel.com right now, you can get the Flexus tee, which is the Exodus logo with a guy flexing. It's the greatest thing I've ever done. I'll I'll never top this. You can get a bald asshole tee. I said they were coming in the can. You can now get a bald asshole 24-7 tee. And you can get a Y tee, which is like a little cartoon character of me shouting Y. I really like it. Something nice about it. Uh, These were originally meant to be uh, things you could buy. Well, you would have been able to buy them on the internet, but you were supposed to be able to buy them at wrestling shows, and then wrestling died. Fingers crossed soon. WWE Raw. It gets stranger and stranger every week. Now, I like WWE. I like it. I'm not saying I don't because people always misconstrue what I what I say. I just it, It's like watching two different shows. <laughs> this is what I don't get because you get really good matches, like really good matches. You want to compare it to the Attitude Era. The matches now, by and large, are far more athletic and well-worked than they were back then. Going by what those two terms mean. doesn't mean you have to enjoy them more. I'm going by the letter of the law. But then you get these finishes that kind of feel like they're from the Attitude Era, but the Attitude Era, like, with adrenaline shoved in its face. It's such a surreal, surreal thing to watch. Let's just talk about Sasha Banks versus Oscar. I know that's what most people want to talk about, and I can completely understand why. And I want to double down and underline that creativity in wrestling is a really good thing. Of course it is. That's what I want from it. I want to be able to see, or hope to see, any kind of thing that you can imagine in your own brain, you should think that maybe we will see this on a WWE or any pro wrestling show. That's why I love it, because it's an open book. But when you keep doing the same things over and over again, that's when the the dice changes, right? That's when things switch around. It's like the surprise roll-up. The surprise roll-up should be a 
an absolutely perfect way to end a match. But if you're doing it 56 times since March 2020 and we're only in July, boring, boring, the law of diminishing returns. And wackiness, and I love wackiness. I'm Jim Cornette would hate me. I love wackiness. But it's just permeating through too much. It just is. Because, you know, not only did Oscar versus Sasha Banks one ending Gaga with referee pretending to be a referee, but now Oscar versus Sasha Banks 2 ended when somebody, this is my big thing, somebody on a big screen put up <laughs> Bailey whooping Kyrie Sane's ass, like whooping that ass bad. And we will never find out who turned that screen on. And maybe I'm wrong. I love to be pro- proven wrong. I slap my bald head and say thank you very much. And then I get the story too. I can understand it. I can sympathize with Oscar. She wants to go and help her friend. But there's two things. One, you should probably never do it at the expense of a title. And two, Kyrie Saint is a trained professional wrestler. <laughs> like, why should she should be able to she'll be all right. She'll be all right. I think look, I actually quite like it now that I talk about it. I like the idea. It's just in execution. And given the amount of other craziness that we've had, I just don't think it's something that WWE would have done. It just pisses, it feels to me like they pissed the fans off because these two were having a great match. They had great chemistry. They've proven that time and time again. And yet you never get a win and you never get a loss. You just get shenanigans and then it's more shenanigans and it's shenanigans. It's like, that's why people got so annoyed at Lost, the television show. I think I've never seen it. This is what I felt at the time. But they get so annoyed at Lost because it never really gave them that thing to grab onto and go, oh. And the other point to Sasha versus Oscar is the match was so good that nobody could really lose. Like, even if Sasha Banks had lost, you'd be like, well, you didn't really, I mean, you did lose. And that's great because it makes Oscar like a more dominant champion. But that performance was so high class and highbrow. It's all good. And if Oscar loses, Sasha Banks could have done, she could have cheated. She could have been a dick. She's a bad guy. That's not, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. Like Sasha Banks screwing over Oscar to win the championship is going to be a wrestling trope. That just is. It's just happened for, you know, 60, 70 years. That's not going to go away. I don't mind that so much. Um, but I, I, I think <clears throat> it was threefold. It was that, everything else we've talked about. <clears throat> Excuse me, I know where coughs come from. It was that, yeah. And then um, the fact we had another count out with um and also winning the title on a count out always seems dumb but then you had another count out between Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax which was a bit like why would you have the same finish twice in one show if you're trying to be as creative as possible but the Mustafa Ali thing was I was I if you watch ups and downs again live soon on what culture wrestling check it out or if you're watching this after the fact listening to it please do go watch it I'd appreciate it Last week, I was really excited because I thought maybe they wanted to go back to the push they were giving Ali Ali uh, a few months ago, almost a year ago, over a year ago now. And when he came in and beat MVP, it was almost oh, he beating the United States Championship for. And I foolishly, you know, you live and, live and die by your sword. I was like, yeah, but you want to come in and you want him to make a big splash because now you can believe him as a character and you can believe that maybe he has some massive potential here. Then he loses to Bobby Lashley. Now, there's nothing wrong with losing to Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley should be protected right now. He should be a wall. He should be a warrior. He should be warts and all. I'm going to kick your ass. But that's why you just don't have the match to begin with. Ali could have built on Shelton Benjamin. I love Shelton Benjamin, but come on now. Let's not pretend that WWE has any problem beating him. And you could have said it wasn't for the 24-7 championship. They've done silly things like that too. <clears throat> but now he's only been back for a week. And he's just like Cedric Alexander. And he's just like Ricochet. And in a way, he's just like Apollo Crews. And I know Apollo Crews was doing well, but we had to build Apollo Crews back up. When you come back, the cool thing is is that you almost have a fresh slate. 
you know, it was the same for Bray Wyatt. It was the same for Edge. Uh, it was the same for, well, there's loads of dudes. You know what I'm talking about. So for d- 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 less than seven days later to experience it, just, I don't know. I just, I just didn't want to see it. That's what it comes down to. Ultimately, does it matter? No, of course not. But I didn't want to see it. And I thought Mustafa Ali could go on this cool run. And then look, if he faces MVP and doesn't win the championship, that's okay. But maybe he does. You can decide on the day and try and work it into metrics and figures. The 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 over the underlining thing is, <clears throat> is that despite, you know, Raw not being as popular as it was, for whatever reason, we don't seem to be changing tact. And there is a lot, a lot of weird shenanigans on this show. The booking doesn't really make sense. And I actually missed this. Somebody else pointed this out to me. Sometimes it's hard to actually, not hard, but sometimes you forget to look to the past. I think Andrade and Angel Garza being the number one contenders is awesome. But then someone told me, but last week, Miller, they just lost to the Street Profits. I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. So why the hell were they in that match to begin with? That's my bad. You know, I drop the ball every now and then. So, so crazy. And we can also tie this into the Orton stuff. Now, look, Randy Orton, I think right now is the greatest professional wrestler there is in terms of what he's doing, his legacy, ha ha, he he, and just how much, how excited I am to see him. For it to be another guy just to come out and say, Drew McIntyre, can I have a title shot? And then two hours later, Drew goes, of course you can, dear Randy. I shall see you at high noon for our duel. And you slap him with a glove. You know, Bobby Lashley did that. Dolph Ziggler did that. Big Show did that. What happened to the story for the World Championship? And it's that's a shame too, because Randy Orton makes all the sense in the world challenging for that title, given everything he's done. And Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton feels like a marquee match, right? I want to see that SummerSlam. I'm like, hell yeah. I've said it on this podcast. If Randy Orton won... There are pros and cons, but I'm not totally against it as I would be uh, sort of at another time. But all we had to do was eight weeks ago, whenever Randy Orton started being the legacy, the legacy killer, the legend killer again, was just say, the legend killer, I'm going to kill legends and I'm going to reclaim the world title. As opposed to, I woke up, I wanted breakfast, but I realized I'd rather be the champ. It's just small things. I just like the planting of seeds. I like to feel rewarded for being a viewer. And and again, it's, it's the repetition that WWE has got into. A lot of things are happening. Like, well, that happened there. And now it's happening again. And it didn't work then. So why are we doing it again? So on and so forth. <clears throat> Interesting episode of Raw. And then Nia Jax was back. And nobody told us why. <laughs> the commentator was like, oh, wow, she's back. Can't believe it. And I sat there going, yeah, but what? what huh? Yeah, what? Uh, I, did, it, I thought the Nia Jax Shana thing happening so soon actually was a shame. Because I love the initial uh, coming together between them because it's not a thing I would have put together. You're kind of putting two bad guys towards each other, which WWE doesn't do. But then to have a segment and go back to the match and do a double count out, I was like, oh, it really deflated me. I thought we were actually going to build it up and probably do a match at SummerSlam. I think Shayna Baszler would lose that if they're going to do because WWE seems a lot higher on Nia Jax, which is not my personal choice. But again, it's their company. But to sort of introduce that and then, I don't know. Why don't you just add a minute to the to the brawl at the start? It's strange. It's very, very strange. And I'm not saying that Raw isn't entirely unenjoyable either. I think some bits are, like, again, the triple threat tag match, when you take it, the story away, that's great. Those guys are awesome. Like, they're really, t- especially Cedric Alexander and Ricochet, like, just top tier, top tier talent. And, oh, I don't know. The only thing that worried me about that is when, the Street Prophets did the introductions and they called Cedric Alexander and Ricochet the Fly Boys. <laughs> I was like, that's not their name, is it? <laughs> Thankfully, it's not. The Fly Boys would have been it. That would have been uh, that would have been the end. And look, look, WWE did a good job in letting you know what you're probably going to get at SummerSlam. And I love the Extreme Rules match between Drew and Dolph. We'll talk about that in a sec. Let me do the comments first. I've been, I've been ranting and raving. 
Um, Blade says, why did Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler happen? Completely nonsensual. I'll talk about it in the middle in a minute. Uh, Galaxy says, I want Randy Orton to win the title. Then when the fans are back, I want him to have Drew win it back. Not so bad. Oliver disagrees. Drew is so over he shouldn't lose. Drew just says, good morning from the USA, you bald asshole. Good morning, Drew. Get a bald asshole t-shirt. Unless you're not a bald asshole, of course. Uh, Guna Lee Mead says the storytelling is lazy, in my opinion. I think you could use that word. I don't think too many people would debate it. And Dunkel Spaz says, question is regarding Randy and Drew. Why would we care? WWE gives us no reason to care about it. There's just a promo, then a title match, Wizard in the Sky. You're right. That's what it is. And I do care because I know, well, I'm a smart fan, as they say. And I know they'll have a good match. And I know once we've got past this point, I bet the program is ace. And I bet they both bring their A game. But you shouldn't have to have this much investment to enjoy it. You should be able to turn it on last night and go, oh, sweet. This is what's going to uh, this is what's going to go down. <clears throat> so, yeah, the main event was a, a mixed bag, too, because what a great Extreme Rules match it was for a main event of Raw. I totally believe, much like the Bucks versus the Butcher and the Blade last week, that if that had done any kind of traction on social media, some, the, the rating would have gone up. Just you know, the, the, the lawn dart into the Pertzbeck glass, the tables, the balls, the chairs... Really hard hitting, really entertaining, but it was no longer a title match, even though at one point WWE said it was. So instantly you feel confused like you've made a mistake and you don't want your audience to feel that way. But two, again, it's WWE's constant. I know I'm ragging on them too much. I shouldn't. I'm overboard. I'm still positive and I still did enjoy it. But there are things that we can't ignore sometimes. But, you know, telling you, oh, Drew McIntyre's going to reveal a stipulation. What's it going to be? Maybe it's going to be this. And then he just goes, uh, stream rules match. <laughs> You're like, but we just did that. You, you just don't if it was always going to be an extreme rules match announce it last week and get people to watch because they know they're going to get essentially a no dq match with all these weapons and chairs uh on uh, on free television right because we as fans maybe stupidly and that's all right i'll put it on my own shoulders if i need to we'll raise our expectations i at one point thought oh, maybe they're gonna do a career match and Dolph will lose and he'll go away for a while you know that'd be kind of cool i could buy into that but for the championship just to vanish from the stipulation it was uh it was just odd. It was. It was it, it just really, 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 really strange. But I, you know, I, I do think Drew and Randy is the right thing to do. I really, really do. What's the deal with Mark Henry too? Mark Henry was backstage twice. Once talking to Bianca Belair and Ruby Riot, and then talking to Drew McIntyre. What, what's, what's him and Ron Simmons doing? I know it's not going to go anywhere, but I really, would, I really, really would like it to. Um, somebody asked me, there he is. Uh, PR Hound of Doom. Uh, the thoughts of the Big E singles push. Have we done Raw? No, we haven't. We'll do the Big E singles push, then we'll get back to it because I think that's the most exciting thing that WWE has done in ages. I know that sounds like hyperbole, but I mean it. As soon as I saw that angle, I was like, I don't know what else the New Day can do. I don't want to see them rematch with Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura because I feel like I've seen it enough. Um, I'd always watch it again because they're so talented, but I don't need to see it again for a while. I think we could have pulled the trigger on Big E like two years ago, but probably. And so now that we're actually doing it, especially at a time when I want to see new stars, I obviously have cautious optimism, but it's optimism all the same. To me, Big E, if we're going to do this properly, should be the WWE champion. Technically right now, given that I don't think Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt actually need the belt at all. But by, I would build him six months, end of the year, maybe Survivor Series, he becomes the champion. I think he's funny. I think he's likable. I think he's believable because he looks like he could kick your ass. I wouldn't change him too much. I know some people don't like, they can't be a silly person. Yes, you can. Just make sure you're more serious often than not. But I don't want that playful side to go because that's why I've warned to him so much. But yeah, to me, I'm very, I'm very excited about Big E. 
uh, getting a singles push. Genuinely, I, I just, I just think he's got it. He just needs the support of the office, as they say, and he needs a good storyline. And we don't need to break him up from the nude. That's the first thing I got on Twitter at Simon three one six cheap plug. Oh, he's going to turn on Kofi. He's going to turn on Xavier. They don't need to do that. A, I don't think. I think Big E works fine as a good guy. I don't think we need a bad guy. And second of all, he can just become a single star. And that way, if you don't think it's working, he can just nestle back into that uh, group. But I think it will work. Like I say, Biggie is long overdue for this attempt. This is my other point about Mustafa Ali too. I just really would prefer it if WWE sometimes just tried. It's all right if it fails. If you get eight weeks, 12 weeks down the line, like that doesn't work and you want to throw it out the window. Okay, at least we gave something a go. Like, you know, like Mojo Rawley pushes. I actually think Mojo Rawley's pretty good with the stuff he gets given, but you'd never know because within a fortnight, he's been taken off television again. I don't think they'll do that with Big E though. I think they're going to go at least for a month two months i hope and yeah you know if i i think if you do it right end of the year he'll be universal champion and i'll be so oh man the ups and downs will be insufferable i will be so i will be so damn happy going back to raw i need somebody in the comments or you can get in touch with me for listening to this on the podcast feed to explain to me why seth rollins stopped buddy murphy from taking out alistair black's eye i really i tried so hard when i was writing the script for ups and downs again check out ups and downs Retro ups and downs this Friday as well. 2 p.m. BST, What Culture Wrestling. First ever uh, What Culture Retro Ups and Downs. Certainly sounds like it's going to be the Royal Rumble 2000. It is running away in the vote. But if you want to change that, make sure you check out the community uh, community feed on What Culture Wrestling's YouTube, obviously. Um, yeah, I don't... It's, please explain to me now why after slapping Buddy, don't call him that, in the face, and then Murphy going, I'm going to do it, I'm going to... Would he, would he, would he, why did he stop? I don't know. Okay. Sat there for so long going, okay, what could be the reason? In KFA, I was trying to like William Regal myself. How can I come up with something? Nine. I don't understand why he did it. I was laughing so much. I like that segment though, you know, because Dominic, I tell you, the Mysterio family are just amazing professional wrestlers. I don't know how long Dominic's been training. I know he trained with Lance Storm for a while. He was flying around great. And you got the kendo stick at the end and he kicked some ass. I think, I, I think we should give Dommy Boy a big push. I think we should give him a match at SummerSlam. I know there's a little bit of, I can't remember the word, but basically, you know, I know that he is where he is because of his, uh, who his father is. But who cares? I don't care. I don't give two hoots. As long as I'm enjoying it, I haven't got to worry about the politics of what goes on backstage at WWE. So yeah, I, was, I, I like Dominic a lot. I think we should do Dominic and Alistair Black versus uh, Seth Rollins and Murphy. That's what we should do. Can you imagine that? He's protected by three incredible workers. I, I would be intrigued enough that it feels like a cool SummerSlam match. Maybe Rey Mysterio is back by then. I mean, it all depends if he signs a new contract. But yeah, I like Dominic. Who knew? I, I, I'm on the Dominic train. I wanted him to turn heel recently. Now I'm like, absolutely do not do that. But going back to the weird booking though as well, I assumed that Humberto Carrillo didn't come out because he wasn't on the show. And then like an hour after this, who comes out to have a match with Murphy? Oh, it's Humberto Carrillo. Well, then why didn't he come out to help Alistair Black and Dominic, his supposed friends, especially when Alistair Black was about to be blinded? What was he doing? Just eating some pizza in the back. 
<laughs> I know this stuff doesn't matter. And I know that we're all geeks and nerds for noticing it, but you have to treat it like a TV show. Like I watched Ozark recently on Netflix, and I think it's a really good show, good slow place, methodical, interesting. But even then, there's quite a lot of plot holes in Ozark where you can go, well, I mean, that doesn't make sense because of this. And it does take you out of it a little bit. Does it matter? No, of course not. It's a fake television show. And that's the same with wrestling. You know, it's not real. I understand this. But you, you don't want to be able to poke holes in things. And, you know, if Humberto Carrillo is there, he should absolutely be coming out to, uh, to, to stop all of that. I do want to point out <coughs> that I really do like Bobby Lashley, MVP, and Sean Benjamin together as a group. I know that's a random thing I've thrown out there, but we've talked about them a few times. I think, that, uh, I think they're great. I think they look great. I think they act great. I think MVP, ironically, is the MVP <laughs> of the show. Just, just so good. Such a good team. Don't overthink it. Try and get Bobby Lashley some kind of gold too so they can all be there with belts. I know one is the 24-7 championship, but I would enjoy that a lot. I think they're really, really good. Uh, right, back into the comments. Uh, Lee face <laughs> says, Imagine Kofi and Woods return and Big E is the champ. He could start struggling and the New Day comes back and he gets a big surge. Yeah, I can do you know, nothing wrong with that. Whatever you want to do. Uh, Corey O'Neill says, I would like to see Big E as WWE champ. I would also like Otis as Universal champ. I got no problem with that. Again, people are saying, well, that sounds stupid. We got to make new stars. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but at least it's something. And man, James says, no live crowds. WWE are just doing what they want. Why is Dominic on Raw right now? Don't insult Dominic, James. Dominic's great, but you are right. I think if they had done that Sasha Banks uh, Oscar finish with the crowd, they would have got Roman Reigns 2015 Rumble. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but yeah, it was... Uh, it, I just don't think people appreciate it. Maybe they do. Look, if, if you if you think I'm wrong, please tell me. I I, I would uh, I will happily happily accept that. It's almost like Raw and SmackDown are ping ponging to each other at the moment. They're like playing table tennis because SmackDown sort of a week ago I didn't think was very consistent, and then this week I, again there were lots of good things. The Biggie thing was good. The Matt Riddle Baron Corbin thing is a little bit strange, but hey, he's got to run the gauntlet. You know, he's got a hit out on him or a King's Ransom. Again, it's something that's a little bit different, a little bit creative. I don't want to crap on that stuff too much. Um, what is, there was something else that, what was that? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. I have, to, I have to look it up. But I remember thinking that when SmackDown was done, it was, it, it felt like it was actually moving towards SummerSlam in a, in, in a, smart, in a smart direction. And we teased the return of The Fiend properly and all of that. And we kept Braun Strowman off. I thought that was massively important. Like sometimes WWE loves to rush people back. And I'm glad that we didn't just have Braun Strowman come out all wet. Like, oh. <laughs> um, I liked all the stuff with Naomi and Lacey Evans too. At least that's a proper feud now. And not one woman got mad because she lost a karaoke contest. I will admit that I did not massively enjoy all the stuff with Miz and Morrison that held it together. I I think that they are sometimes scripted to be a little bit too goofy, which for me to say is incredible because I love goofy. But to me, John Morrison has so much experience and so much talent that I would give him a world championship run. I totally mean that. I know you're now saying, Simon, you just said give it to Big E. All right, there's my program. Big E versus John Morrison. That even sounds fresh and original. Now, there's a lot of work to do to make sure that people buy into it, but that's the whole point of, of the company. And I don't... Putting John Morrison into the exact same position that he was nine years ago, whatever the hell... I don't think is massively um, uh, beneficial to what he could do, I suppose is the best way to put it. But I do like Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura as a tag team and as tag team champions. 
when Cesaro was interviewed and basically said, well, I don't think Big E's ready for a singles run. I was like, that's great. That is great. I, that was really, uh, that really tickled me. It tickled me pink, I tell you. There was another match on that show that I've completely forgotten, but it can't, it can't be that important. But yeah, th- th- this is the thing. When I thought Raw was good, SmackDown kind of drops the ball. And now I think SmackDown's good and Raw drops the ball. I just don't think they know where they're going. I think they're now so focused on television matches, which I get, you're trying to increase the rating, hence why the Dolph match was. I don't understand, why wasn't the Dolph match for the championship? He'd lost, so it could have been. I think it was some kind of retroactive thing where they were like, well, you know, he wouldn't get another title match if he just lost a title match. So we'll just do it anyway. Very, very confusing. Uh, Metal Face Doom in the chat says, why do you think WWE is so scared of having their stars lose cleanly or if they win, they win via roll-up? I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know whether it's because they're trying to overthink it or they're trying to be too creative or if because they can't believe that a loss hurts because the way they act is like wins and losses don't matter. I don't have an answer for you. I really, 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 really don't. Uh, Galaxy X says, what's your opinion on the rumor of SummerSlam taking place on a cruise ship? Uh, I was still Brian Alvarez's idea because this is the kind of goofiness that I want. They should have SummerSlam on a cruise ship and it should crash onto an island and that's where Raw should take place. These are the kind of things that I'm up for. I mean, I don't really understand the benefit of it taking place on a cruise ship, so please tell me why I'm being a moron in the comments. But can they have fans if you do it on a cruise ship? Is that why? Because it'll be outside? And if that is the case, why not do it outside? Or is it just to try and make SummerSlam feel special so you'll do it on a cruise ship? I, I like the Performance Center. I think what they've done with it is actually quite incredible when you remember what it looked like before. But when it comes to your big shows, I want them to feel special. And if you can't do that with sheer noise and atmosphere, then hell yeah, let's put it on a cruise ship. Why not? That's something we can laugh about for days. And uh, as long as I can laugh, I'm, I'm happier. I'm happy uh, all the way. Uh, the agent says, the agent 008 says, thank you, Kyrie Sane as well. Of course, of course. So even though Kyrie Sane beat Bailey last week, <laughs> she didn't have a match with Bailey, which is I assumed how she would go out. Uh, but she has done a few tweets. I'm pretty sure it's confirmed. Well, it is confirmed. There's no two ways about it. She has left WWE. I don't I think her contract has either expired or she's going to work in some capacity when she goes back to Japan to be with her husband. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a shame because when you do read her tweets, you realize that she is such a likable person and could have been portrayed as a much better baby face. Like, I think probably for the larger percentage of the time on the main roster, she was a bad guy as the Kabuki Warriors. I could be wrong. Uh, I think there was absolutely a championship run in there for her. I think she should have been kept as the pirate for longer. And I just think she was a bit misused. But look, she seems pretty happy. It seems like she had she had a great time. Sounds like she lived her dream. And when you talk about it like that, who cares what some bald asshole on the internet thinks, right? So yeah, I think NXT showed what that she could do. And even in that match last week at Bailey, you know, she's such a good worker. I think that she will be missed. But not as missed as she should be, because again, I feel like she should have been higher up the card. But I do think it's a loss for WWE. Um, I don't necessarily think Oscar is a worse character without her, because Oscar is so good. But I love that team, so there was something will be there will be something lacking there. I'll miss all the flute stuff or the recorder, and she went and learnt all that too. So yeah, it, 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 it's a shame, but she's happy. And if somebody's happy, then you know, who, she, I always say this, and then people don't believe me, but it's true. It doesn't matter what I say give ups or downs or criticize or like if you have made it to wwe i'm going to assume you're living your dream and therefore you've already won 
even if you're in bad storylines, even if you're being buried, even if you're not being doing what you want to do, you've still got a contract with those three initials on top of it. And I think that's pretty damn amazing. It's the same with AEW, same with Ring of Honor, same with Impact. To be able to say that you are quite literally a professional wrestler and that it is paying your bills, well, there are far worse things to make a living. And Kyrie Sane sounded like she had a great time in WWE. So I'm not going to, again, I look at it like a positive all around. It doesn't mean I wouldn't have wanted to see her as the Raw or SmackDown Women's Champion. I absolutely would have done. And I think she probably should have had more high-profile matches with people. But Salavi, that wasn't the way to be. And uh, she's gone. And I wish her well, obviously. Uh, James says, WWE are mad to copy the Jericho Cruise. That's not a bad point. I mean, if you don't want to wind up Chris Jericho, absolutely do, uh, do do not do that. And Galaxy says, do you think they will still hold WrestleMania 37 in the brand new Sophie Stadium next year? I don't know what's going to happen next year. I remember people saying that they think the Royal Rumble is going to have fans back. And I was like, is it though? And can you even do a Royal Rumble without fans? That's going to feel very, very sparse. I think it's all gloves are off at the moment. It, I mean, look, I want fans to be back tomorrow, but I don't want to do it at the risk of anybody's health and safety. I think we just have to take it day by day. There's like, you can't say yes or no, because now there's all this talk that it may get worse before it gets better. And if that's the case, then no, I don't think there will be fans at WrestleMania 37. And this just could be the new norm, which sucks. Of course it does. It's got to the point now that when I see shows with fans, I'm like, well, these are these weird things in the background. Oh, it's people. <laughs> I'm so used to just, you know, WWE is still shooting it. You know, it's still our main camera angle now is from the rampway. And when we do go back to the original way, which we will do, we go back to the hard cam on the side, I bet it feels really odd and really, really weird. I mean, it's a needs-must situation. But we have all adapted, especially now because it's been, what, April, May, June, July, four or five months, which is half a year, pretty much, or at least over, well over a quarter. And, you know, you will adapt to that stuff really, really quickly. And then you've got to adapt back, even though we're so used to, you know, we'll probably have 20, 30, whatever it is, years of experience watching it the other way. So, um. I have no idea. I hope so, but I'm worried. I'm worried that they won't. Uh, Blade says, "I guess it'll be Banks versus Oscar at SummerSlam." No, I think they're going to do Bailey versus Oscar. Sorry, Bailey versus Sasha. Winner takes all. Championship versus championship. Because I now think they're looking at ways. Again, the cruise ship is another one of these. Coming up with concepts that allow it to feel like the second biggest pay per view of the year. I know you can argue that with Raw Rumble, but I think WWE does see SummerSlam as the second biggest one. Uh, but to make sure that it has a bunch of marquee matchups that A, people want to see, so they tune in. I don't know, maybe they're going to put it on pay traditional pay-per-view. That was rumored for ages. Probably not, but you never know. Uh, but also negate the fact that they're not going to have fans. So you do Drew versus Randy. does feel like a big main event. You do Bailey versus Sasha. People have wanted to see that for ages. And admittedly, if you do throw both titles in there, interest will go up. We saw that with Keith Lee and Adam Cole. And in terms of what else will be on there, I presume it's going to be Baron Corbin versus Matt Riddle. A little bit more lackluster, but it's fine. No idea who Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura are going to fight. There's no tag teams on SmackDown. Um, I would get rid of flipping Shorty G and put Chad Gable with someone yesterday, but I don't think they're going to do that. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we will have to wait and see. Uh, but I, I think Banks versus Bailey at SummerSlam for both belts is probably quite... Uh, Quite a big call. And someone says, will they unify the women's titles? No, it'd be like Keith Lee. You know what it'd be like. It'd be like the NXT situation. One of them will hold it for a while. Then they'll either give it up or they'll lose it. And they'll do a tournament. It will just be done for the... Which you shouldn't do, really. But it will just be done for that immediate reaction of, oh my gosh, this person won both titles. Can't believe it. I'm so happy. So, yeah. Let me know what you thought about Raw in the comments as well. I, I don't think it's hard to watch. I will say that. I don't think it's... 
I don't think it's hard to watch, which is either a good or bad thing. I don't necessarily think there was any massive uh, wrestling news either. Actually, no, Regis Philbin passed away. Uh, if you're over here in the UK, I know he wasn't that big of a figure. Uh, but I, you know, I'd known him quite well just from, you know, the, the power of the world being smaller. And I did know that he was a huge wrestling fan, of course, with his association with WWE. And he had all these stars on that I'd seen clips over the years. And again, in an absolute staple of American television. And then I was listening to the Wrestling Observer radio the other day. And to find out he used to be a, a newsletter subscriber too. I just thought that was cool. So, you know, I think he was 88 years old, 91, you know, late 80s, early 90s. So it's a pretty good run. Uh, but of course, it always sucks, right? It always sucks. The thoughts to his friends and family, but yeah, I, I liked um, I liked hearing about I liked hearing about all of that. Otherwise, I mean, I mean, Triple H turned fifty one. <laughs> People like to talk about that. AJ Styles continues to just be the ultimate shoot machine. Hey, you know, hates hates Paul Heyman. Uh, doesn't like Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer at the moment. Also said Dixie Carter ruined Impact. Look, I do enjoy how honest he's being. It makes for good headlines, and I, I enjoy his insight. So, yeah, I, I've been digging that. Um, the Smith 1986 says, do you think the reboot of the Nation of Domination will happen? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Mark Henry and Ron Simmons were both on the show over the last couple of weeks. Within kayfabe, never explained, but apparently they were there. At one point, scrapped now, or so they say, to form the brand new Nation of Domination. I think that'd be really tone deaf <laughs> to do a brand new Nation of Domination with a bunch of bad guys in 2020. I also don't think on a much more shallow level, I don't think you need to keep, if you keep telling people the past was better, people will always keep saying that the past is better. I know the irony that we're about to start a retro show on ups and downs, but hey-ho, it is what it is. Um, I don't think that, you know, Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin and MVP, and hopefully Cedric Alexander, I want him to join that group. I don't think that they need to be the new nation of domination. What are they called? The Hurt Business. That's fine. Be the Hurt Business. Who cares? Just don't be the Flyboys. <laughs> <laughs> call yourself whatever you want don't call yourself the flyboys but i don't think we need to keep banging on that drum you know the nation the domination i liked the nod when i was a kid because they felt cool and badass but they certainly were controversial in many ways well no what i should say is the feuds they were in the stuff they did with the dx and the heart foundation flipping nora i'm not even going to talk about it above that but it should, should never have happened <laughs> some of the the, the the content that they touched but i mean a, I, I i think it would be too uh, on the nose i don't think it'll be handled with the nuances that it needed and i also again i don't think i don't want those guys to be compared to dudes from a different era i want them to be their guys and as soon as you do that again you, you you're taking that away from them so no i would rather they didn't they, they didn't do that but i don't know what the plan is otherwise mark henry and ron simmons were just on tv because why the hell not why wouldn't you be on tv just hanging out playing nintendo having <laughs> having, a, having a good time and there was, I swear there was, there was something else. I was like, you need to talk about that, Simon. And now I've, I've utterly forgotten because of, uh, because of course I had. Um, did we talk about the ratings last week? I guess we wouldn't have done. So, I mean, I don't like, you know my opinion on the ratings if you listened before. I think they're a fun stat to talk about, but ultimately I want all shows to do 7 billion viewers. But I was massively impressed with what AEW did. Like the biggest rating they've had since March. Yeah, at one point, that Young Bucks match uh, went over a million, which made me personally happy because on ups and downs, I'd said that's probably what could have happened. So I was like, oh, sometimes I know what I'm talking about. I mean, no, most time I don't. And I just thought everything with Eddie Kingston, which we already talked about before, deserved a good rating. And I'm glad that it, I'm glad that it did get one. I just don't really understand why more people aren't watching NXT. I think they just don't do a good enough job of promoting their show. 
Like even this week, you can go and find the Dynamite card right now. You've got Warhorse versus Cody. You've got Hangman Page and Omega taking on uh, the Dark Order. Uh, there's loads of matches. and they all, It looks pretty stacked. It looks pretty good. I think we've got Darby Allen if he's been cleared and Moxie against Cage and Ricky Stark, which I like. I think it's a really, really great star-making match. And I'm sure we have the return of Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. Orange Cassidy. But on NXT, we've got Finn Balor, Dexter Loomis, and Timothy Thatcher. And there's the Keith Lee segment when he's going to address Karrion Cross. And you don't really know why else you should tune in. Whereas AEW, look, I like both. I know people get into the war. I think AEW does a much better job in getting you pumped for their shows. Like Cody has been beating up this Warhorse match all week for the TNT title. Also, on that note as well, you have no idea how much I love every time somebody tweets my name to Cody or AEW about that championship. Who knows what the future holds? Obviously, the borders are closed at the moment. We can't do anything, but it means the world to me. So thank you so much. And I will just throw in here as a cheap plug. Make sure you smash that follow button right now if you're on Twitch and you haven't already. I'd appreciate the follow and that way you know when I'm going live and we can blow this thing up as best we can. Um, but I think NXT just needs to shout about what they've got more. They did do a better job of it on Raw. That Finn Balor match, I think, was advertised three, potentially four times. And Finn Balor is a star. People did give two hoots about him. So hopefully that gives it a little bit of a, of a kick up the ass. What I couldn't believe is that some of the demos were close to Raw. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. And obviously SmackDown has kind of dipped below 2 million at the moment. I do think a huge reason for that is the pandemic. I'm not saying that other things couldn't be tightened up, but I know a load of my casual wrestling friends do not want to watch it when there's no crowd. They don't like it. They find it awkward. They find it weird. And I can totally understand that because, you know, that visceral reaction is what a lot of people like of wrestling because you can't really get it anywhere else. You know, it, 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 it's absolutely unique and it's one of a kind. Um, but again, I, I think as long as you're enjoying the shows, I don't really think that kind of... Uh, kind of stuff matters here's the here's the card for dynamite i've just got it up so we the ones we've mentioned and we've got shida versus diamante obviously from last week yeah we've got inner circle versus the best friends of course the grudge match and we've got an mjf state of the industry address which sounds like he may be going after john moxley which i'll be very interested about because that match has to happen at some point and is it too soon you know do you change the title does that sound crazy i don't know i don't know you know you, you everyone's gonna have their own uh their their, their own thoughts on it we'll find out um pr houndoom says about nxt for me adam cole is boring oh dude you're gonna get it the only nxt star i now like is keith lee but even he isn't enough for me to watch nxt over aew who have so many good and interesting wrestlers from cody to luchasaurus to sony i think you mean sunny <laughs> i love if sony were in there just come over their playstations wait i yeah i mean they probably are doing a better job in highlighting their younger stars at the moment because again yeah darby allen sammy Guevara, sunny kiss uh, I don't know whether you'd put Joey Janela in that category, but I'm sure he's quite fresh to some people. Even Brian Cage probably fits in that category. Ricky Starks. You know, there, there, there's a lot of dudes. And I think NXT is a good show. I'm just not sure that they're bigging it up as much as they should be, which is weird because WWE is often the king at, uh, often the king at promotions. Um, I don't think there's anything. I think that was the main thing that happened over the weekend. Um, it's kind of calmed down, which, which is good to a sense we've kind of found this new pattern of what the wrestling world is and, and, and no one's going crazy so um apparently two matches have been confirmed for SummerSlam. of course they have we've talked about them already um because they, they both got accepted it's the tag match and the wwe match i'm going to assume it's braun Strowman versus the fiend too and the fiend wins the championship and i tell you if you're doing that put him against big e i know 
I know it sounds like the most crazy match ever. I'd be behind it. Call me a bald asshole. Call me whatever you want. Uh, what I will do is I'll give a shout out to anything you want me to talk about or any questions, throw them in the chat right now and we'll get to as many as we can. And again, just another quick pimp Friday, 2 p.m. BST, retro ups and downs. Probably going to be the Royal Rumble 2000. Uh, obviously, I'd like it to do as well as possible because if it doesn't, eventually we'll have to stop doing them. It's a views-based business, but I do think it could be quite fun. Um, Jim Milton says, oh, it just went away as I went to read it. Any idea if there are plans for the 20th anniversary of WCW's death? A one-off resurrection. Oh, do you mean like on television? Absolutely not. I'm sure they'll probably have some kind of network uh, documentary for the network ready to go because why wouldn't you? But I don't think they'll do anything on television. I think that would be a really bad move. But I guarantee, you know, people like myself and what culture will probably have a load of cool articles looking back. How it's been 20 years, I don't know. I remember watching that show, The Infamous Simulcast, between Nitro and Raw and my mate's Luke's house, and we just couldn't believe it. And I'm sure if you were around watching that time, it was the same for you. It's just like, Holy shit, man. Like, how has this happened? Which is why some people look back now and say they quite like the invasion angle. But it's all about what, again, it's the expectation problem again. Without Goldberg, Ric Flair, uh, Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Eric Bischoff, who all came after the fact, not having them in that battle, it just soured the whole thing. Because of course it did. How could it, how could it not? It's, you desperately wanted to see these people and you always, you continue to kid yourself that you were going to see them. And then when they didn't come in and, you know, you got that invasion, the, the big uh, Survivor Series match where a lot of the guys on the Alliance team were actually WWE dudes, or at least people that had been in WWE long enough to feel like the other company's stench had rubbed off on them. It just, it just wasn't the same. And it, it, it would always be one of those things. The fact it was over in six months and you really could have run that storyline for a year and a half, two years. It will always be one of those things that will be a, a, a what if. And I understand the reasoning. Like Goldberg would have cost more than the likes of Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock were earning. And do you want to upset that pay structure? Probably not. But the pay-per-view match between Steve Austin and Goldberg at that time, and probably even now if you could do it, which you can't, would smash, it would have smashed all records. I think it would probably have been untouchable given the ravenous thirst there was to see stuff like that. Imagine at WrestleMania the year prior, whenever it would be, I can't think, it would have been 18. Oh, I don't know. The timing doesn't work out, but imagine at a big event, you had done The Rock versus Hogan for the first time, and you had done Austin versus Goldberg for the first time. I mean, if, you want, if you're not going to buy that pay-per-view, you, you, you're just going to regret it. <laughs> you're just absolutely nuts. Um, Oliver Wayne says, here is a non-wizard in the sky booking. Doesn't exist. Orton should destroy MVP for the US title to be the legend killer again. Drew losing to Orton doesn't make sense and has no story at all. I wouldn't mind seeing that. But again, it's a heel versus a heel. Uh, but it's not is the is the real shame. It's not going to happen. But you, you always believe. Uh, my man Solo says, what do you think of Buddy Murphy's new theme? I like it so much. It got a reference on ups and downs. It sounds like Japanese RPG boss fighting music. And I love a good JRPG boss battling fighting music. So yeah, absolutely great. Awesome. Um, RJP Parsons says, Simon, is there any news about the state of NXT UK that you're aware of? I mean, yes, not directly, but only because I am an independent wrestler myself. There's just, you're just not allowed to put on wrestling shows in this country at the moment. Um, even if you found a venue where you could put on 20% of the capacity, you're not going to make enough money to justify the cost. So at the moment, it's just at a standstill. It kind of sounds like maybe from October time, a few shows will be running. I'm hoping to be on one, not NXT UK related, independent related. But you'd have to imagine if they're doing it, maybe NXT UK do as well. 
Um, but at the moment, there's uh, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, which is a massive shame. I can't tell you how much I I can't tell you how much I missed it. Uh, Bree says the, the DVD and network will probably re-release some of WCW's best moments. Agreed. Candy friend, do you think Shayna Baszler is going to tear through the women's roster, or will she get hit by a Nia Jack shaped wall? I think. Well, look, right now, if I thought you were going to do that match one on one with no shenanigans, after everything I've heard recently, I think that Nia Jax probably wins. Yes. I'm not going to get too worried about Max. I don't know the story. I don't know the plan. But I am a little bit concerned that Vince McMahon doesn't see the worth in Shayna Baszler. And I think Shayna Baszler is great. But again, it's not my company. But it seems weird for her to have that big speech last week and then, yes, have this with Nia Jax. Very, very, very strange. And Gunnar says, or Gunnar Lee Mead says, if only somebody could have booked the invasion better. It just needed all the people. You could have had crappy stories. Let me try and book this in my head. I would need it written down. But you could do Kevin Nash versus The Undertaker. That's not a good match. But you flipping love it. She'd be like, what? You could do Scott Hall versus Kane. Not a good match. She'd be like, what? Austin versus Goldberg. Um, you could do Ric Flair versus Vince McMahon if you'd wanted to. Or you could do Ric Flair versus Taker. You know, again, Rock versus Hogan. You could have done Sting versus Taker. You could have done Sting versus Triple H back then. Would have been huge. Uh, Sting versus Shawn Michaels. Did that work? I think that worked. Sting versus Kangle. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's all these amazing things that you could have tried. Even Lex Luger coming in. I know Lex Luger's a bit like, uh, but we'd all remembered him as a narcissist, and I think he would have had a place, but there's no point crying over spilled milk, and that milk was spilled a very long time ago. Uh, Coaster Maniac says, Simon, hey, I've been doing interviews on my YouTube with wrestlers. I'd love to have you on. Well, that's very kind. Uh, go to my Twitter, and you'll find an email address in my bio. Send me an email, and we can hopefully work something out. Um, the agent 008 says Sap said Nia versus Shayna should be Peter should be like Peter versus Chicken uh, from Family Guy. I wouldn't mind it if it made me laugh and it was fun. That would be all good. Um, where am I going? Hamid seventy Roman and the Fiend need a battle called Mask versus Vest, where Roman loses his vest and the Fiend also loses his mask, and Short Fiend can still win. I was thinking about Roman Reigns recently. Roman Reigns is WWE's ace in the hole. This is a very boring thing to say. It's not a hot take. No one's going to be surprised by this. But I do believe there is a first for him to come back. Like he's a bunch of his YouTube videos on WWE's YouTube did really well in July because I think that people do miss him. And I certainly count myself in that category. And if WWE really feels like their back is against the wall, which you could argue that it is. Bring him back. Get the worth out of him being the old Roman for whatever that would be for two, three, four, five, six weeks. And then I, I would, you know, I'd turn him bad guy. Again, boring, snore, 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 merchandise, merchandise. But I think you need to think, you need to, what's going to get people potentially more interested? And there are a few things that I think are more intriguing than a Roman Reigns heel turn. You need the right story. And they've absolutely missed the ball. They should have done it after he beat Mania, uh, beaten Taker at Mania 33. But I think it would get the internet wrestling community hyped up, which would be important. And then word of mouth could spread. As long as they let Roman be Roman. And again, change it up, different moments, different, uh, attire all these things i don't think it's ever going to happen but i think right now when nothing else is working pull out a trump card that you know people have been asking for for ages i think you have to let him come back first because there's going to be a want to see him but eventually he's just going to feel like he's been there for ages that's just the nature of the beast and then i would uh, i would try it but again i don't believe for any stretch of the imagination that we're going to uh that we're going to that we're going to get that uh the mel usine says i just want roman and everyone else for that matter to stay self and healthy oh yeah health and safety first there's nothing more important than that but i just meant as and where he is going to come back at some point 
And as, as and when he does, I don't think just going by what we were doing before is going to last long. Maybe two to three weeks, but it's, it's, it's not a formula that it's going to spark things. And I think Roman could be that guy, but he just needs to be treated and used in a different way. I could be absolutely, absolutely wrong. I mean, Jackal says a heel stable with the Usos would kill. Yeah, why not? Kind of do what, you know, MVP's doing on Raw with the Usos by himself. Also two guys that probably need a little bit of a, not a revamp because I quite like they're not new anymore, but they're new personas and gimmicks. But they would benefit from being allowed to, to run wild a little bit. Uh, and the Demonic Messiah says they need to do Roman and the AOP as the Shield 2.0. The AOP. I don't even know. I don't even want to. The AOP have been in enough groups. <laughs> I don't think we need to keep putting the AOP, uh, AOP in those groups. And Bree says, it seems strange that given football is allowed behind closed doors, where NXT UK can't be done behind closed doors with TV, or it doesn't have enough viewers to make it profitable. I think that's just because the Premier League makes a bunch of cash. Let's not pretend that the Premier League was brought back for any other reason that it made everybody a lot of money. Um, I'm sure if NXT UK or wrestling in general did also make the government money, they would bring it back. Um, you know, such is life. That's, that, that's how the world works. We don't need to, uh, we don't need to get into it. Uh, and on that note, we shall start wrapping up the show. Please do go check out Ups and Downs for Raw. They're up there right now. Absolutely topsy-turvy show and therefore a topsy-turvy Ups and Downs. I am ultimately going to try and do bite-sized versions on Twitch.tv for Summer 316. So make sure you hit the follow button. But Thursday, uh, we'll try and do a big one. And again, subscribe to the audio feed. There is a bunch of episodes you have not heard. And there's going to be a bunch more going up there too. And if you were subscribed to the Apple one, you may need to resubscribe. So please do that as well. But whatever you listen to the podcast, search for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show and it will be there. I'm pretty sure if you just search for Simon Miller, it will come up. I don't know. Maybe there's another podcast with a bored asshole too. I'm also on YouTube. Search for Simon Miller. I'm in my wrestling gear in the profile picture. Give me a subscribe on there. Uh, thank you to everybody on Patreon who joined me this week. Patreon.com forward slash Simon 316. If Patreon dies tomorrow, so does my entire podcast personal network. So thank you for everyone for the support, everyone that sends me nice messages. Again, I treat it like a shop. You can come on the podcast. That's one of the tiers. I'll send you a postcard. I'll send you a t-shirt. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff. I'll send you a cameo-esque video if that's what you, that's what you so desire. Uh, but ultimately, just thank you very much for giving me an hour or so of your time. I love the fact that I get to do this. I find it very humbling, and I also find it very therapeutic. I am now going to wait for this mattress to come, because you know what it's like. Those things hang over your head, right? I need the mattress to come before I can get on with my day properly, because I'm absolutely, absolutely crazy. But thank you again, and make sure you've got the notifications on for Twitter, Twitter, for Twitch and all of that, so you know when I pop up live again. It's always a pleasure talking to you, and I will indeed talk to you again very soon.